What's up, friends? It's Haley Hines, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Em the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Welcome back to Give Them the Bird. So good to have you here. Before we dive into episode two, I just wanted to give a quick thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that listened to episode one and reached out to me to share their feedback and many thumbs up. So much love. My heart's exploding. Um, It's also really cool. There were so many people that said, hey, I've been wanting to start a podcast and seeing that you did it makes me know that I can do it too. Uh, So yeah, that was really cool. And do the thing. I'm happy for you. Um, On this week's episode, I sit down with my sister, Leslie, and we talk about how her definition of healthy and fit has changed over the last 10 plus years that she's been working in the health and fitness space. We also talk a lot about body image and take a deep dive into some of the experience that she's had with body image and how she has worked to become as body confident as she is today, which my girl is body confident. And I mean that in the best way possible, people. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this episode of Give Him the Bird. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right. Hey, Les. Hey. So one thing I was thinking about when I was kind of jotting down ideas for questions asked, I have never asked you, obviously I've known you for damn near 27 years now. (laughs) I've never asked you why you chose movement. Like why, what made you go into exercise science? Because I know like my... I did health promotion, which is, at least at the University of Iowa, it's like the degrees in health and human phys, and then a track of it, you can either choose like health promotion, health studies, or exercise science, and it maybe has changed since then. But I I know that I went health promotion because you did exercise science. I was like, I don't want to be the same as you. And you, I literally, I remember you telling me, like, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to do what you do. Yeah. And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? What's wrong with that? But I get it now. Like, you wanted to have, like, you wanted to... Do something different. Yeah, well, and I mean, obviously it's been a damn good fit. But yeah, so what made you choose movement or exercise Mm -hmm. science? Like, what was it? Because I know that we weren't really big athletes. No, I wasn't like huge. (laughs) It's funny. If I were to go back to high school in my mind and body now, I would be, I think I would do every single sport. I just, I love movement, but I also am much more motivated now. Right. Um, I love being a part of a team. Mm Mm-hmm. But that goes to show like how you change too. Right. Um, But anyway, so my first, actually when I was trying to decide a major, (laughs) I remember I got this pamphlet in the mail that lists all the majors. And my first major was dentistry. What? Because I like going to the dentist. (laughs) In my mind, I thought, you know what? I want a career that is- I did not know this. Yeah, I want a career that's gonna both benefit me. Free um, dental work. But also that I like. And that's why I'm like, well, I wanna have nice teeth my whole life. I would like to have nice teeth. I never um, knew this. Yes. And um, I enjoy going to the dentist. So that was my first major. So that lasted, I don't know, I think I declared my major maybe in like February. And then I got another pamphlet in the summer. And this was um, like in between 
I hadn't gone on, what is it called when you go, like the first visit, oh, registration. Right. I hadn't gone on my registration yet. This was like pre-registration, um, where like you tour. Right. You know, like a campus like visit. That. Yes. So I saw exercise science and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I've always been intrigued by sciences. And like I exercise sounded intriguing because I knew that I wanted to stay I, I coined it as healthy my whole life, mm-hmm. and in my mind, that meant I had to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked into it, and I'm like, I can, that would be fun. Like, if I'm a person, here, here's something. In my mind, I thought, well, if I'm a personal trainer, that means I have to be healthy. I have to, I have to do the do, mm-hmm. um, which I will give you a little caveat. That doesn't necessarily mean that at all. So anyway, <clears throat> that was my first declared major. Um, or my second declared major, and I stuck with that because in my mind, I knew I wanted to stay active and healthy. And those, those two words have changed their meaning for me throughout, well, now it's been how many years? 12 years? Yeah. Um, yeah, 12 years. Yeah. Did that answer your question? It certainly did. And you know what else it did, Les? (laughs) It really leads into my next question you kind of started, which is obviously I started this podcast, um, because I really just love the idea of challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. And I think what so often we think healthy and fit is a certain Mm -hmm. look, like it's an appearance, it's a body size, Mm -hmm. but it's also like behaviors, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. like, you know, being active to whatever extent or, you know, to healthy and fit is equivalent to eating certain foods. Um, But I'm curious because you've been doing like in the, in the field or the industry, like fitness, health, wellness for so long, how is your own definition of what healthy and fit how has that changed over, right. um, over time? I will start by saying like the definition of healthy and fit completely, completely 100%, 100 <laughs> let me get my tongue out of the way, is dependent on you mm-hmm. because it is, that definition is so personal and it's ever changing. Like I'll just, I'll tell you what is healthy for me like right now. But in 10 years, it may not be. In, in next year, it might be different. Right. So, like, when I first viewed healthy, like, when I first got into my major, graduating um, early, my first couple years in personal training, my view of, of health, it was, it's always been to be well-rounded. Um, I never liked the idea of, um, you know, taking out, like, certain foods or, or, or things like that. But I also had the mindset of, well, if you want to be healthy, then you have to give up these things. You have to make the decision. There's no excuses. Mm-hmm. That it was just black Puke. and white. <laughs> just black <laughs> and white. And here's the thing: that works for some people, right? And it works for them if they're not emotionally attached to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was like kind of, kind of my first thought. I was like, listen, if this is the life you want to live, then quit with the excuses and do it. And then. Um, some years went by. Um, I've, I, I should say I've never had any health conditions. I've am just an average Joe. I've never experienced major weight um, gains, major weight losses. I don't have any like nothing, no surgeries, nothing like that. So I've just been really average. So I've never been forced to think about my mm. my health in any different way. Right. And then I had children. I had my first son Cam. And Your I'm only gonna, son. My <laughs> only son. My first child, Cam. And I'm going to real quick put a little like caveat in here because I think this is super important. This is something that really, I'll just say it, pisses me off. You do not have to have kids in order to feel the way I'm going to describe. I think so often there is 
this like subtle hint or some people are just very blatantly blunt about it and they say well you don't understand because you don't have kids oh you think you don't have time just wait till you have kids oh you don't like your body now wait till you have kids mm -hmm. and i just think that's bullshit it's so unfair um, I'm going to like break out in hives because I guess I am. You're hiving. Because I get so <laughs> okay. passionate about this. It doesn't matter the situation. Whether mm -hmm. you, now I'll say for me, it was, it was having children changed my perspective. I don't know anybody who hasn't had a kid that their perception of something didn't change. Right. But it doesn't have to be a kid. Mm -hmm. You could get a couple dogs that really screw up your schedule. Shout out Murph and Lola. <laughs> yes. Um, you could change jobs. Right. You could have a breakup. Mm -hmm. You could lose a family member. Like all of these things can change what your perception of your health is. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was once I had kids. Okay. So that was just a little bit of... That's important. That's good. I think it's very important. So, And I know just from like knowing you closely mm -hmm. that this is something that... Yeah, is, has always bothered you, and it has. And I've been, I've been. I mean, I, I am not up on a pedestal. I am guilty of this. I right. Several times, I can remember thinking, like, even by myself, I remember thinking, like, oh my god, nobody who who is without children understands what I'm going through. And although you don't specifically, because you don't have kids, right. that you have probably felt. A similar way before yeah without having them so mm -hmm. that's just a little side note that's sorry good. get a little heated but you know that's just how I we're am. gonna take a break no just kidding <laughs> so it went from being like the no excuse thing to then I had cam and I was like holy shit like I have a lot of excuses <laughs> I understood when my client came to me and said um, you know I had this and this and this with my kid and I just didn't get it done I understood that because you know what exercise was no longer that important to me my physical health and my mental health were important, but what I learned is that I could, I could contribute to those things without having a, a like a rigid exercise program. Mm -hmm. And baby, I got excuses, <laughs> and I'll always have excuses. So it's not about getting rid of your excuses. In my opinion, this is all my opinion, by the way. So if right. you don't feel the way I feel, that is totally fine. Um, I hope I don't offend anybody. This is just my thoughts. Um, so it was just it. I have excuses now. And what I value or what I have found is that um, I really value my choice. I value the fact that I, every decision I make, I am confident that I've made um, that decision. So when I, when I am feeling down or maybe I go and I, I might do a lot of like exercise references, when I go and try to do my max deadlift and I can't anymore, I know that it's not because I got lazy and decided not to work out. It was because I put things that were more important at the time ahead of, of that goal. Mm -hmm. And that is so okay. Right. You have to do so that. So I think that's the thing, how I've changed my way of thinking is, and I can't make anybody else think any way different. Mm -hmm. I can like, we can help lead them, but the power is you. Like the power is being committed and confident in your choices to put what you feel in the moment is the most important, putting that your first priority. Right. So for you, it, it's like when you first started, you had this perception of if you want to do it, do it. Like nothing can stop you. Like the only, the only barrier is you kind of thing. Yeah. And it sounds like now, and it was, it could have been any event that caused you to have this shift, but for you, it was having kids realizing that actually there are things that I'm going to have to prioritize over movement, over, you know, food or whatever it is. Yes. And instead of 
kicking yourself in the butt every, and every time and making yourself feel bad about it, you just decided like, I am choosing this yeah. and I'm going to feel okay with it. Yeah. I just feel like we have, so uh, us ourselves put like a huge amount of pressure on, on right. ourselves. Like, um, like, and even if people, even if people aren't meaning to put pressure on you, we take it as that way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if the action occurs or not. Like your brain, it, it functions the same way. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I have to be one more person to put pressure on you, ugh, mm -hmm. like bore me. I don't want to do that. Like, right. It's, I, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of anything that, um, my, my work to you is like, oh, one more thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's exhausting. So if I can be that, like that person that just you leave and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm today. I'm not going to exercise. Like my, I'm going to go off program. I'm going to go for a walk mm -hmm. or you know what today, instead of having my, um, my breakfast that I always have, I'm going to have the cinnamon roll. Like mm -hmm. if I can be that person to give you a little bit more confidence in making those choices and being okay with and them. being okay with that, like sign me up. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think too, that just from, um, like obviously my relationship with my body and we don't have to go into the nitty gritty, but right. it's been a little tumultuous. I don't know how you say that word, but it's been like kind of rocky. Mm -hmm. And I know that both from, from you being like my sister, but also from you being a fitness and, you know, a professional in the health and wellness space, just how impactful it is to see somebody say like, it's not that big of a deal. Not like it in the moment, maybe it didn't sh shift my mindset to believe that, but it was like one more voice being like, it's okay. Like it's, right. that's what it boils yeah. down to. It's okay. Yeah, you know? because all of this in my head is practice. Mm -hmm. Like everything is repetition. Like in order for you to, something to become a habit, you repeat it. And that goes to say the same thing with your choices. Like if you want to be a, conf a more confident person, you know, realize these decisions that you're making and be okay with, with you making them, like mm -hmm. be confident in them because that's, it won't bog you down later. Right. And I think the other side of it too is like, I'm, I'm sure that some people when they hear this are thinking like, okay, well, what if I, every day I make the decision to have the sticky roll for breakfast? Right. Like damn good life, honey. Yeah, no, yeah. but I think it's, it's also a matter of you have to recognize how those things impact your body totally. and it's choice, you know, it's, yeah. it's total choice and just awareness, awareness yeah. of how your yeah. choice impacts you, like and mentally how it yes. impacts you, but also the choice to not move week after week, right. how it impacts the way your body feels, right. just like being aware if, of it. If you're finding that you are always tired or you're having sugar crashes and you just feel like total shit, well, yeah then you might have to look at your behaviors and, mm -hmm. and then you might have to not, I don't want to use the word strict, but right. you might have to move one of the like exercise in your day, like movement activities, right. put that a little Shift bit higher your behaviors, your yeah, priorities. on your yeah. priority list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from my perspective, again, I talk about my perspective a lot from my perspective. <laughs> and I think you are the host. I am the host, the bird right here. <laughs> I might edit that out. <laughs> Probably not. But from my perspective, and I think just from a lot of other people's perspectives, confidence is a big thing with you. Like you, you appear extremely confident. Like your, your the relationship with your body, like isn't shaky at all, like nothing. But I know, and I didn't always know this, mm -hmm. um, but probably in the last, I don't know, maybe six, maybe like the last year, mm -hmm. you've like, you've shared with me that 
that hasn't always been the case. So I'm wondering right. if you could talk a little bit about when you didn't feel as confident with yourself. Right. I mean, this goes back to, um, I mean, I can share with you the very first experience, um, like with my swimsuit. So I was like, you guys, I was like six or seven years old. Like this is, this pisses me off. This is bullshit. And I hate this. And, and I don't know why here's okay. So I'll tell you the incident. Um, I was like six years old, like kindergarten and I would not wear a swimsuit. I would either wear a long t-shirt or I'd wear like the, um, Board like shorts? the board shorts. Yes. And I grew up in a home where, like, we did not talk badly about our bodies. Mm -hmm. My mom does not talk badly about her body. Um, so Thanks, if mom. You, <laughs> if you grew up in a home like that, like, that would make sense for your perception to be slightly skewed. My my perception of my body, it was my six year old self was just comparing already my body to like my friends. My body was just different. I I I certainly was. I don't. I hate using the word fat or skinny. Like that. I don't like those words. Large bo just, larger body, I smaller body. I was just body. a larger body girl, um, and so that was my really first experience. I also remember in sixth grade we had to be weighed in uh, in PE, and um, nobody hid what they were weighing. But all of my friends were like eighty pounds. I'm not kidding you. And I was one oh six. And again, if you lined us up, I, you would not have said like, oh, she's the chubby one. Like nothing like that. My body was just different. It's just different. Now I know it's like, I, I think even when I was little, like I just had more muscle mass too. Mm -hmm. um, our bodies are just so different. So um, those are like my early experiences. And then I remember I went to college and you know, you're around a lot of, of other people. And I definitely was comparing my body um, to people that I shouldn't have because they're different bodies. Mm -hmm. It's like honestly comparing apples to oranges. You you can't compare. Like apples to we bananas. <laughs> apples to bananas, you can't do it. So um, so that's kind of my journey. Um, but yeah, I am very confident in my, in my body. And it's not because I have a perfect body. Um, it is because I practice. I practice confidence. I There were times, many times in my life when passing a, a window <laughs> or a mirror and I think like, oh, if I could just take an inch off my belly, I might have abs. Just shit like that. And now I, I promise you, like this is crazy. And I, again, I don't want this to sound like, um, like anything bad, but when I see myself in the mirror, I only notice at first, I only notice the things I love. And when you fill yourself up with the things you love, like I don't have space to hate on the things. Now, when I'm sitting on the toilet, <laughs> Um, or you're sitting in a weird position and you know, you get that belly hang and you have like 50 rolls that you don't have when you stand up. There are times where I'm like, huh, I didn't know that existed, but it, it's, I, I'm just very realistic. Um, and honestly I could go into, I, I feel the need to talk about this too. Um, I've been told, especially after having children, again, you don't have to have kids to experience <laughs> any of this stuff. It's just what my experience. I've been told at times like, well, you're only that way because your body looks a certain way. You're only confident because your body looks a certain way because you don't have as many stretch marks or you don't have as much cellulite. Well, guys, I have all that stuff, but I have practiced mm -hmm. talking kindly to myself and it, I just don't have the space in my mind. So I... I want this to be um, a good lesson too that um, be careful what you say to other people because you might view their body one way, but that's not how they view it. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, there have been more times than none that I have left conversations feeling like complete garbage um, because I am made to feel that my body, that I treat my body a certain way because it already looks that way. 
I've, I've made, I have felt, and not that somebody, that people purposefully make me feel this way, but it's the way I perceive it, that um, because I don't have as many stretch marks or um, because I don't have, I, I had, I didn't have C-sections, so because I don't have the C-section scar or I don't have cellulite or this or that, um, it makes me feel honestly less of a human mm -hmm. for a very split second. And then I have to slap myself and be like, what they think of me means nothing. Yeah. Like, don't lose your confidence. But so just be mindful, truly mindful of how you word things. Um, because again, what, how you perceive somebody isn't how they perceive themselves. Yeah. So I think, um, I yeah. think you bring up a good point that, and I know that you've mentioned it before, like you were made to feel bad about your body because... Yeah your body doesn't have those things or yeah. because it fits this maybe the more ideal yes. look in society. And I'm to tell you, it, it was nothing that I did. We don't, our bodies um, don't acquire these things necessarily based off of things that we purposefully choose to do. So like, when, like stretch marks for instance, a lot of that is hereditary. Mm -hmm. My mother, <laughs> had five children. She's not a big person. Not a stretch mark She's, on her body. She doesn't have a stretch mark. And Haley was, you know, I used to say Haley was a big baby because she was nine pounds, but then I pushed out a 10 pound baby and I was like, oh, oh no longer. Is that Jojo? Jojo, yeah. Dang, girl. Yeah. Take enough Well, she wasn't quite. She was nine, nine, 14. Okay, well, you shouldn't say that because I was like close you to know, that too. Weren't you just nine? It doesn't no, matter. honey, I was bigger than that. <laughs> So, and a lot of times I feel sometimes we justify these things to make ourselves feel better. And I understand that. Like, mm -hmm. I understand the need and the want to feel a certain way about yourself. Or, um, you know, I've been, I've been jealous before of how somebody else looks or how they perceive their body. But being jealous, having that negativity, telling somebody this, you're, you only look that way because of this... Um, that's not gonna help you or them. Yeah, so. and I think it brings up a good point just because, again, going back to the purpose of this podcast is to challenge what it means to be healthy and fit, and part of that is giving the bird to societal expectations mm -hmm. of body size. And I know that there's still still a lot of acceptance that still needs to come for folks that live in larger bodies, but as we've grown more accepting of those, I've heard from friends who live in smaller bodies that they have felt how you they're feel like where shamed. yeah they're shamed yeah, right. and i think body respect and body acceptance is being accepting of all bodies yes. not yeah. not just the large ones not just the well, ones that fit the yeah. the models that are in the Honestly, magazines if you don't like yourself like nobody's gonna like you because here's the deal <laughs> seriously like there's always going to be something out there that could be placed negative on your body mm -hmm. and I'm telling you like if you just fill your body it's the same with like positivity or I mean with happiness like if you can fill your your mind only has so much space people if you can fill it some has some <laughs> minds can, have less space than if others you can fill it with more like joyful things and more positivity like it it radiates out and it leaves less space for that negativity and again I don't always think it's as easy when it comes to body image but I think if you can, be, one, become aware, start to notice when you're walking by the mirror and you shit talk yourself. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned, just start shifting it to more positive, just you know? You just gotta practice. practice. Yeah. There's something I was gonna connect with that and I don't remember what it was, but. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Um, Did I answer the actual question? I think you, I forgot what oh, it was. Oh, one thing I was gonna say too, um, <laughs> that I, I think it's important to note this. And I mentioned this when I was talking about like my early experience with my body. I, I haven't, um, 
I'm coming from a different place than other people too. Like I did not grow up in a, a family where we talked about good and bad foods or talked about always needing to exercise or anything body related. I've never once been in a relationship um, where I have been told like, um, you should look like this or, oh, you don't look good. I've never dated anybody. I've never been in any sort of friendship relationship um, where anybody's ever um, said anything that I could even twist into negativity about my body because that's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really lucky. I'm, I think oh, yeah. I'm definitely in the minority. You're here. the you're a rarity. <laughs> yeah, I am because every time that someone like growing up, like you think, you think, uh, you think you know what can be said to you to make you change your habits or your way of thinking, but it can be seriously as simple as like labeling your parents already labeling good and bad foods, mm -hmm. like yeah. or not allowing you to have certain foods because they're bad. Mm -hmm. um, now I get having dinner before dessert. I get it because listen, if I give my kids dessert, they'd never eat their dinner. So I get that there's boundaries, but also, Cam would have so many cavities. Also, being in relationships, and I'm not talking about just like a love interest, but like friendships where people are either constantly talking shit about their body and expecting you to like, you know, uh, counter that, or they're they're saying things about your body. Like that all takes huge effect on you. So I have not had to deal with any of that, at least that I can think of. So that has made my transition into um, loving my, my body and being confident about it much easier. Right. Um, yeah. I just want, I feel like that was important to say that. Yeah, I think, and I think that it's really helpful because obviously we grew up in the same house mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yet our relationships with our body are very different. Yeah. I mean, they've come a little bit more similar now, but, but in my experience, so... I've been in relationships with, with people who have said things about my body. So, and again, also just how we, I think also how we relate to our experiences growing up is different too. Yeah. Like we went through all like the same experiences when we were younger with family and whatnot, but how I perceived it versus you perceived totally. it. Like I got anxiety out of the deal and right. struggles with my body and right. you viewed it a different way right. and, you know, got different things from that. Yeah. So, but I think that's a really good point that. A lot of it has to do with outside outside factors. Yeah, it's also interesting too because you and I don't have the same body, mm -hmm. but our I think from an outside perspective, I think people would probably view our bodies very similarly. Yeah, and yet we have. I mean, I even see I see your body so much different than you see it. Just like you probably see mine different than I see it. So right. All it all comes back to just perception. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. I felt like I should say that too. I think that's important. Okay, so I think we're going to move on to, um, there were a couple people that submitted questions. Uh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> that was, that was good. On um, my Instagram. And um, yeah, I think we can kind of chat about them. The questions were about um, how do you track that you're eating enough, not enough, that you're eating good. And I put quotes around good because you can't see it but there are quotes holy shit i think i'll just talk an episode have an entire episode about um that i'm assuming that the person when they said good they were referring to like foods that make me feel my best that's the way i like to look at them but how can you track that you're doing that without actually tracking mm -hmm. and um somebody also asked for specifics on like what leslie and i eat in a day how many meals mm -hmm. vitamin supplements etc what's your response to those um Oh boy, this is a this is a murky subject for me too. I honestly just don't even I don't even like to get into it. Mm -hmm. It's boring. Food is boring to me. I don't like to talk about it. 
What a it's, sad thing. I know. It is so exciting. I know, though. but I think it's become so boring for me because it's it it is such an emotional attachment with people. Mm -hmm. Therefore, our choices that we make, it's an emotional tie, which can do a lot of good and a lot of damage to us. And so I don't I just don't want to have the power. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have that power. It's like being the president of the United States. I don't want to have that power. I don't I just don't. But yeah. um so how how do I I'll just say how do I gauge? Well, I'm in a little bit different boat. I get migraines. And so for my whole life, for a long time, um, there are foods that are triggers to me. So there are certainly foods, I don't call them good or bad. There are certainly foods that I know for my health purposes that I shouldn't indulge in like way too much as far as like how much, what does indulging mean? I, it's again, it's just getting to know your body. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it's as simple as like, you could pull out a journal and just talk about like each morning like write down like in the morning or at night whatever it is like how you feel that day mm -hmm. um and not necessarily relating the foods that you eat with those feelings but um food is very powerful the our food that we eat fuel us and everything that we eat fuels us like sugar still fuels us now it's not a very long lasting um, delightful event forever because eventually like you crash but everything that we put in our body is is fuel at mm -hmm. some point. So I think that's the way that I see it. Um, I also think this is just so personal. Yeah. I could track my food and it never be an issue. Like mm -hmm. I could track my food and it wouldn't turn into um, a, a bad thing. An obsessive. Uh, an obsessive behavior. Yeah. But most people that I've worked with or that I know personally, it becomes an obsessive behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would love to just say, get rid of all the tracking. But again, there are other people who can do it um, and it'd be perfectly fine. So it is, it's just so personal. Yeah. It's, you yeah. Know. I, and I would add to that saying, um, like you said, recognizing how the foods make your body feel. Like if your body is telling you you're hungry, then you know that you haven't eaten enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we experience physical signs of hunger, it's because our liver is running out of glycogen. Yeah, we, <laughs> so it's need, like, we need fuel. Yeah, right. so um, I think that's important. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up here, but I just want to say thank you, Leslie, for being my first guest on the podcast. And thank you to those of you who submitted questions for us to answer. I hope that you were able to take something away from our conversation today. If you want to hear more from Leslie, you can check out our Instagram at Leslie Hines Koss. Can't wait to see y'all back here next week. And in the meantime, go give them the bird. <laughs>